Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Already been a big energy morning, so thanks for being here. If you're here for the first time today, checking out our church or just coming to say, hey, Mama said come to church on Easter, so I'm here. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you coming. We're in a series called Q&A. And several months ago, we asked the church, we want you to ask us your questions about life, about God. Any questions you have, just ask. And we're going to go into God's Word, and we're going to get answers. And today's question was the last one that came up on the screen. And people actually asked the question, did Jesus Christ really, literally raise from the dead? And I was like, well, hey, that'd be a perfect one for Easter. And you might think, well, sure he did. That's why I'm here. I'm, I'm here this morning because I believe that. Don't check out on me if you're like, well, he's going to give proofs for that. I already believe it. So, honey, we could have gone to the brunch or the lake or whatever. <laughs> Don't worry about that. You're going to get something out of this, even if you think, well, I already knew that. I already believe that. But it is a legitimate question. And the Bible really does address that question over and over, especially for the people who have put their faith and trust in Christ. Every question we've answered in this series has come from the Bible. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, please raise your hand, take one that's yours to keep, because you will find the answers, not only the questions we're talking about in this series, but the questions to life. That's God's book and story to us that reveals his will for us. So just raise your hand, take one, it's yours to keep. What's a legitimate question to say? Well, did Jesus really raise from the dead? Now, of course we say, yeah, we believe that. But there's a little bit more behind it because it's not just as simple as saying, well, he's the only person that's ever risen from the dead. Everybody else died, died, and, and, and he's the only one. But the truth is, if you were walking around the first century, stories of people rising from the dead, they were not unique. In fact, even in Scripture, Jesus is not the only person to ever raise from the dead. He's also not the only person to ever bring somebody back from the grave. Other people did that too. You can read about in the New Testament, in, in the book of Matthew, Jairus' daughter, a guy named Jairus. His daughter died, and Jesus raised her from the dead. Then there was a boy in a funeral procession that his mother was distraught, and Jesus reached out and raised the young man from the dead. And then there's this story of a man named Lazarus, who was one of Jesus' friends whom he cared very deeply for. Someone obviously in his inner circle, and he died. And Jesus was even upset. That's the verse where it says Jesus wept. He cried because his friend had died. So he went to that tomb and he said, Lazarus, get up. And Lazarus, after being dead, got up. Even beyond Jesus, his disciples obviously had the power to raise people from the dead. The apostle Peter you can read about him in the book of Acts in the New Testament. He, he was at this house of a lady. Her name was Tabitha or, or Dorcas. And she died. She got ill and died. And she was very influential in her family and very influential in her community. And Peter raised her from the dead. 
And then the Apostle Paul, if you don't know who the Apostle Paul is, he was the guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was the guy that used to kill Christians, but all of a sudden received this great revelation from God and turned around and then became a person who preached and planted more churches than anybody else that's ever lived. But obviously the Apostle Paul, according to Scripture, was kind of a dry speaker, you know? He, he just didn't really, you know, get people excited because it says... In Acts chapter 20, and the writer of this book, his name is Luke, he said, Paul preached on and on. I mean, just one Paul preached would have been good enough, but if you say he went on and on, and you can kind of read that into it, it's like this guy, Paul, on and on. In fact, he went on and on so much, this young man named Eutychus was on the top floor and he fell asleep. Preacher's worst nightmare to look out. And somebody be going. So here's this young guy up on the top floor and he's asleep and he gets so deep asleep. He just kind of falls out on the ground and dies. This really happened. Paul, like I would, feels very badly about it. So he goes to the young man and he raises him from the dead. And then Paul had the mother of all preaching stories. Couldn't you imagine they're sitting around the campfire and they're all telling their stories and he's like, are you done? Are you done? Because I got a story. I got a story that's greater than any, any you just told. Yeah, this happened, that happened. He said, let me tell you what happened. This kid died, and I went and raised him from the dead. And they're like, Paul, why are you telling that story again? It kills the rest of us. Even in modern day, in 2001, an African pastor named Daniel Ekachuk died and claimed that he rose from the dead. He claimed that after dying in a car crash, he was transported to a hospital. The mortician agrees, the doctor agrees that this guy died. Just Google his name and you can read his story. Just type African pastor raised from the dead and you'll be able to read about him. He was embalmed. And two days later, his wife was so sure he was going to raise from the dead because she had this dream. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying this is the story. She had this dream and she took him to this miracle type crusade, put him in the basement of this church and his body got up and he rose from the dead. So the story of somebody raising up from the grave is really not that unique. And it's a good question to say, what did Jesus really do that? Did that really happen? Well, what we do know is Jesus said he would. He constantly told his followers he was going to get up from the grave. You don't have to read Jesus talking long at all until he starts to talk about it. It might seem like riddles at first, but then it starts to make a little more sense. And in the book of John chapter 2, Jesus had just performed the miracle of turning water to wine at a wedding. And then he got into to, to the temple, the Jewish temple. He got upset. He ran a bunch of people out because they were selling stuff in the temple for the wrong motivation and all that. And, and the Jewish leaders started to wonder, who is this guy? And they said, then the Jews demanded of him, what miraculous sign can you show to prove your authority to do all this? So Jesus was speaking with authority and they were saying, what, you got to give us a sign. And he goes, Okay, destroy this temple, and I'll raise it again in three days. That confused the Jewish 
leaders there because they're thinking, okay, it took 46 years to build this thing. Cutting out the stone, setting it just right, making sure it was all perfect. 46 years and in three days you're going to make it, you're going to put it back together? Right. They didn't believe him, but the scripture goes on to say Jesus was talking about his resurrection. He's not talking about that physical temple made of stone. He's talking about himself. So Jesus definitely claimed that he was going to raise from the dead. But does that make it true? Because he claimed it. Because other religious, political, mythical leaders and characters of that time claimed that they were going to raise from the dead. Egyptian pharaohs said, kill me and I'll raise from the dead. They would even claim, I'm back from the dead. Nobody ever saw it, not really written about, but they would say, I represent God, I am God, because I've risen from the dead. I mean, you had to believe it or you probably got your head chopped off. So they, they would say, we did it, we raised from the dead. Roman emperors would claim to have risen from the dead. And looking at Greek mythology, many of their gods, they say, were dead and they came back to life. So Jesus comes along and makes this claim that he's going to raise from the dead. That was not a new thing for people to hear. It was not like, hey, a guy's going to raise from the dead. You, you believe a religious leader saying that or any leader saying that was not that big of a deal. Could it be possible that his disciples loved him so much, they wanted him to be the Messiah so badly, they wanted him to raise from the dead so much that they just made it all up? Because religion is powerful. And religion has been used to control people for, for, throughout time. So maybe Jesus just had this charismatic personality and he was able to convince these guys that he was going to do that so they would go die for a lie. Now, most people, if you say, hey, I want you to die for this lie, they're not going to go, sign me up. That sounds like fun. That sounds interesting. Let me die for a lie. It might be a lie in reality, but they at least believe it's true. Those of us that can remember the late 1970s, I was about 10 or 11 years old. I remember hearing this term, drank the Kool-Aid. Who knows what that's referring to? That's talking about a guy named Jim Jones who convinced 900 people in 1978 to drink cyanide-laced Kool-Aid because he was speaking on behalf of God and they were going to go ahead and get on up to heaven and they would have done anything he told them to do because he was obviously very charismatic, very attractive personality, and he called all these people to follow him. They did, and so forevermore, when you hear the term, drink the Kool-Aid. You know, that started with a religious fanatic that convinced 900 people to drink poison and die. So religious people can get delusional, and they can believe things that aren't true, so dying for something, well, they died for something. It was a lie, but not to them. In the early 1990s, there was a guy named David Koresh who convinced 75 people to stick with him. And they ended up dying in an inferno in Texas because they believed 
that he was God's last prophet on earth. And they believed it with all their hearts, all the way to their death and allowing their children to die with them. So religious fanatics can convince people to do crazy things, it seems to us, but very logical things it might seem like to them. So is it possible that Jesus' followers were just a little bit delusional and said, we love this man so much, we'll do anything he says? Humans can do that. So maybe the answer to did Jesus raise from the dead is no. And he was just another religious leader who made that claim, who had people follow him, who got them to do things that just didn't make sense. And they were so dedicated, they would die for him just like the people would die for Jim Jones or David Koresh. Maybe the answer is no. If the answer is no, if he didn't raise from the dead, it changes everything. The New Testament deals with that in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Beginning at verse 13, it says, If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. So if, it's, if the answer is no, and Jesus didn't raise from the dead, it changes everything. What are we doing here? You could have gone to, the, you could have gone to that brunch. You, you could be at the lake. Because if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, everything changes and we've bought into the greatest hoax that's ever been played on mankind. It changes everything if it didn't happen because what are we what are we worrying about praying for? What are we what are we worrying about anything for? It's one time around. Let's get all we can out of life. Enjoy it. Do whatever. There are no rules. Let's just go for it. Now people live like that anyway. But if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, Let's go. Let's have some fun. Let's just throw caution to the wind, not have any standards, and just live life. That's what that would mean if Jesus didn't raise from the dead. So how do we know that he did? How do we know, really know? No video, no pictures. There's some writings. I'll talk about that in a minute. There's some eyewitnesses. I'll talk about that. But how do you really know? Because somebody told you? Mom, dad, somebody told you and you said, okay, I believe that. It's important that you process that for yourself because if he did, it changes everything. If a man said, I'm going to die and raise myself up from the grave and he really did it, then we've got a hope that can't be explained We've got power that's available to us that we don't even understand. And we can have a purpose in life that supersedes everything if he did. So any insecurities, any, any relational failures in life, any of that can be fixed and made whole because of the power of the resurrection. Wouldn't you agree that it would take a lot of power to raise somebody from the dead. I mean, like nuclear power plant kind of power. I mean, even 100 times more than that. It wouldn't be like light bulb power. I mean, you can stick your finger in a light socket. Anybody ever done that? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Thank you, Glenn. Who else? Somebody in the back. Okay. Some of us did that. It's mostly boys. I don't know why. It's like, okay, I see where, the, you know, I see where that comes from now. Not that kind of power. That's a little bit of power. But big time power. 
You would agree. We've all been to funerals. And we've all seen people who've died. How much power would it take to raise them from the dead? A lot. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, this about that power. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead can give you hope. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead can give you the power to overcome things in your life. That's how much power is available to us. And I read this verse the other day and I thought, I wonder how many people say, yes, I believe the resurrection happened, but they don't enjoy the power of it. Because this verse says, this verse should be on every dashboard, every mirror, that you have power available to you that many times people who call themselves followers of Christ don't even tap into. I love the quote by one of my favorite teachers. His name's Andy Stanley. He says, if Jesus raised from the dead, I'm just going to go with whatever he says. Just whatever he says, I'm going to do. Because if somebody got up from the grave for real, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. So we need to consider a few things when we're thinking about this resurrection power that's available to us. And we think, yes, I believe it, but there are some real proofs. We need to consider a few things. We need to consider that there are eyewitness accounts of people who saw it happen. If you are in a courtroom and you're trying to prove a case against or for somebody, either one, and you come up with an eyewitness that like that sinks the shot when you've got an eyewitness that saw it happen and they can come in and say this is what i saw and then if you got another one that can say that because the likelihood of two people making it up is less than one person making it up and the more and more witnesses you have the more and more credible your case becomes the first week in this series we talked about this book and how we even got this book in our hands because this is, where the, this is where most of the witnesses are recorded. Most of their words and reactions are recorded in the New Testament. And the New Testament has 5,000 manuscripts. 5,000. Other works of history around the same time pale in comparison. Around 600 is the closest you can get to what the Bible has. And if you count all languages, not just Greek, it goes to over 20,000. So this is a credible source when we're looking at these eyewitnesses. Now, someone could say, yeah, but they, they were delusional. It would be like David Koresh's or Jim Jones's people writing stuff down. They believed it. So yeah, they wrote down what they thought to be true. That's legitimate. Could they have made it up? Well, maybe. But here's what makes it hard for me to believe they made it up. How many stories would you tell about yourself and you'd make yourself the coward failure in the story? I mean, if I write a story, I've got the cape on. I've got the big S on my chest. I'm the hero. I'm going to make for all time for people to think I was awesome and amazing. But they didn't write that way. They wrote about their failures. 
They wrote about their doubts. They wrote about them abandoning their leader, Jesus. See, people make stuff up. Either one, they're delusional and they just are crazy and they believe something's not even true. Or they just want to make themselves look good. That's why people make stuff up. Or they tell a story because it's true. In John chapter 1, in 1 John chapter 1, it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. This guy Peter denied Christ. Thomas had doubts. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the guy you read about in, in the New Testament more than anybody else, used to kill people who followed Christ. These are not likely characters in a plot to deceive the world. But they are people who went from being cowards to being courageous followers of Christ how did that happen? How did they go from running away from Jesus and not wanting anybody to know they knew him to dying for him? Well, the only explanation is somewhere they experienced something. Somewhere something happened that they believed. And that experience, they would say, was the resurrection of the Christ. So we need to consider those eyewitnesses' accounts. We need to consider Jesus' teaching. In Mark chapter 1, verse 22, it says, The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. So not like the religious leaders of the day that were kind of wishy-washy, but he taught with this authority like he was speaking on behalf of God himself. And Jesus, no matter what you believe about him, whether you're just coming to church and checking him out, whether you're really even living for him or not, Jesus claimed to speak on God's behalf over and over again and in fact claim to be God himself and when you open up the Bible and if you have a red letter one of course you see all the red letters and that means Jesus said those things and if you put together all the stuff Jesus said it starts to reveal to us what God wants for humans it reveals to us what God wants for our lives and if you're just here for the first time you got to come back for this new series that's starting in two weeks it's called what does god want we're going to look into the scriptures and see what jesus said god the father wants from his people so was jesus different than jim jones who also taught with authority and also convinced people to do crazy things was he different than david koresh who had a charismatic personality, convinced people he was speaking on behalf of God and caused them to give their lives for him. Was he any different than that? You have to look at two big things to answer that question. One, look at the impact on the world. What are the chances of a hoax developed 2,000 years ago in a small part of the world by a person who really was born a nobody, who lived in a little backwoods town, 
only had a three-year ministry in a very, very small part of the world, a very small number of people in relation to the whole population of the earth. What are the odds of one person like that having an entire calendar for the world set by his birth? Today's date is the date and the year because Jesus Christ was born because of what he did. What are the odds of that happening? See, it seems far-fetched to me to believe that it could be a hoax in light of all that. But even 2,000 years ago, people were doubting, is this thing from Jesus even real? Do people even understand? And and so Jesus' disciples were beginning to go out into the world and teach and preach and tell people about the message of Christ. And as they did that, people doubted them. Jewish leaders brought them before the judges and the courts, and they said, beat them, kill them, make them stop, kick them out of town. And one episode recorded in Acts chapter 5, there's a Jewish leader named Gamaliel. And he's in the Jewish courts, and they're bringing the disciples in again, and they're saying, don't speak about Jesus anymore. This is causing too much trouble. And everybody's in an uproar about it, and Gamaliel says, you know what? There have been people like this before. There have been teachers who gathered around them a bunch of people and then those people went out and spoke in their name but that original person died and they disbanded and we don't even hear about it anymore. He gave two instances about that. And then he says this about the case of Jesus' followers. He said, Therefore, because all these other guys failed and died, in the present case I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men, and you will only find yourselves fighting against God. He was right. So you have to consider the impact on the world. Was Jesus like other religious people and fanatics and charismatic leaders? Anybody else had that much impact on the world? You also have to consider the impact on people and how people who had an interaction with Jesus seemed to just be different and do bold things they'd never done before and constantly people were watching Jesus' disciples and they were saying who are these people? where do they come from? in the book of Acts chapter 4 it says when they, the Jewish people saw the courage of Peter and John realized they were unschooled, ordinary men they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus when people are with Jesus. They have power in their lives they wouldn't have otherwise. And if 2,000 years ago people can look and say, that's just an ordinary idiot. How in the world are they doing what they do? How do they have the faith they have? How do they say the things they say? How do they get through what they get through? Because of the power of the resurrection in their life. I can remember as a college kid going into this really small classroom and probably about 20 other college kids sitting around. I was uncomfortable because it was a Bible study and I wasn't very comfortable in that setting. And they began to share with me how I could have this power that comes from Jesus Christ. And then an ordinary, rebellious, insecure, messed up kid started to do extraordinary things with his life that can only be explained 
by being delusional or having some kind of power that didn't exist before. And if you follow Christ, you have experienced that power. Maybe you come here week after week and sit in the seats, or maybe you just came today for the first time. Something drew you here. Maybe because somebody told you you had to be here because it's Easter. I think it's much deeper than that. Because every week before the service starts, I walk up here, and I pray with the band, and I specifically say every week, be with the people who are here, who are searching or here for the first time. God, let them feel, feel something as you fill this room with your spirit. So if you keep coming back, and you keep feeling something, that's because someone is praying that the power of God be displayed to you. People listen and lives change. I believe I have the greatest job in the world that doesn't even feel like a job because I get to watch people get to know God and their lives change. I can't think of a better way to spend my life or a life than getting to have influence on people tapping into the power of God. We may not have a video or picture of the resurrection, but we see its effects. Jesus, Jesus talked about that with his spirit in John chapter 3. He said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. And if you went outside and the trees are blowing like this, what's making it do that? The wind. You got a picture of the wind? Anybody got a picture of the wind? Anybody ever taken a picture of the wind? Of course not. You see the effects. You wake up yesterday, there's a yellow dust all over everything like there is every year about this time that makes us cough and hack and sneeze and all that stuff. Where's that come from? It just shows up. And Jesus is saying when people are tapped into the spirit of God and his power, things happen. And you see the effects of the resurrection of Christ. Every time someone overcomes something difficult in their life, I get to see the effects of the resurrection of Christ. Just a couple of weeks ago, I get an email from a guy, that, and it said, Celebrate with me. Today, I'm one year sober. And I got to see the effects of the resurrection in someone's life. Recently, I got to pray for someone whose marriage was at an end. Whose marriage counselor had said, There's nothing left to do but pray. Your spouse is done with you. And all I tell people to do when they're in this situation is pray. So that person prayed and prayed and prayed. When the professional said it's not going to, there's no way this person's going to turn around, that person turned around. And there's a marriage being restored as we speak because of the power of the resurrection. Last week, I got to go to someone's house and, and gather around their table and pray for a family member who's going through a difficult time and feel the difference of that prayer because of the power of the resurrection. 
Every time you see baptism videos and testimony videos come across the screen, you see changed lives. You see people confessing and you see people saying, I want the world to know I believe in Christ. You see the power of the resurrection. We don't need proof from the past. We've got enough proof around us today to show Jesus Christ makes power available to people who believe in him. You might be ready to do that today. If you are, please come talk to me after the service. Go talk to Rob Perry, site pastor here at Six Forks. And we'd love to guide you through how you tap into that power of the resurrection. So the original question was, did Jesus Christ raise from the dead? Because nothing else matters if he didn't. Did Jesus raise from the dead? All you have to do is look around you. 